The legal tampering period is in the books, and so is most of the first day of free agency. How did it shake out for the Broncos? I'll break it down. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, Scout Media, CBS Sports Digital. Wow, do we have a lot to get to today, the first day of NFL free agency. The Broncos made a few moves, saw a few people leave and depart to other NFL destinations, and we're going to get to that. But first, please understand that Huddle Up is here to give you a deep dive on your favorite team, the Denver Broncos, and we need your help. We cannot grow this show without you. So each week, we ask, whether it's myself, Nick Carl, Eric Khalid, that you take some time to rate the show on iTunes and Stitcher. There's a big reason for it. It helps us to grow and reach new listeners. Take a second. Go leave a creative review. Rate the show. We want to hear what you think about the show as well. Helps us to keep this thing tight, run a tight ship. We want you to enjoy what you're listening to. And one of the ways we know if we're doing a good job for you is whether or not you are rating and subscribing and also leaving creative reviews and comments. So if you haven't, take a second, rate the show, leave a comment. We appreciate it. Make sure also you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod, Mile High Huddle. Also, you want to follow us, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, and make sure you're subscribing. Hit that button. I don't care if it's YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker. Google Play, wherever you're listening to the show, subscribe because we are knee-deep in free agency. Then we're going to have the draft. It's going to be here before you know it, and you know how we deep dive on the draft. You're not going to want to miss a single episode. Again, a lot to get to today, but first, this is a big deal. I want to holler at you about why now is the time, truly now being the time, to become a Mile High Huddle VIP subscriber. It's time to pull the trigger, you guys, in honor of the Broncos hit and free agency 2018, crucial year, crucial offseason to rebuild this roster. We are running a buy one, get four months free sale on VIP subscription. So for just $5 total, you'll be locked in past training camp into the preseason. We're talking free agency, the draft, spring ball, summer camp, all of it. Now understand, the Huddle Up podcast and also Trickle Down Theories. These are extensions of what we do at milehighhuddle.com. I say that because some of you listen to the show, you find us on YouTube or you find us on a different podcast listening app. You might not fully understand what it is we do. Our approach is to covering the Broncos. It's not just about reporting the news because everybody does that. And in fact, most sites stick to the newswire because that's what gets the clicks. What we focus on, what we've always prided ourselves on, is breaking down the Broncos for you in depth, whether it's all 22 film reviews, X's and O's, deep dive player evaluation, and now knee deep in the offseason, NFL draft, free agency analysis, and any buzz that we pick up along the way. And this time of year is usually when we get the, the most juicy nuggets and little scoops. 
and we save our best, most in-depth content for our VIP subscribers, our premium members. Now, to become that Mile High Huddle VIP and get access to 100% of our written analysis, including access to our members-only MHH Insiders Board, just click on the green banner at the top of the website, click the monthly option, you'll be locked in. You'll get that four months free on top. It costs $5 per month, basically the same cost as a premium cup of joe, or you can choose to pay $49 for the year on this special and get two months free on that save yourself 11 bucks but from there you get access to everything we produce and i'm telling you right now if you've thought about becoming a vip now's the time to do it and if you haven't considered it do so it helps us keep going it helps us allows us to bring you these podcasts and the deep dive stuff we do in terms of our written analysis and also the videos we produce so we appreciate you you have my word you pull the trigger, become a VIP, you're not going to be disappointed. All right, let's talk about what's happened so far for the Denver Broncos in free agency. First and foremost, we had the legal tampering period that opened up on Monday. Monday, Tuesday, legal tampering. All eyes, of course, were on the Kirk Cousins situation. That was, you know, it's been the name of the game for the last several months. Kirk Cousins, Broncos country, the majority, not everybody, but the majority, I would say, of Broncos country fell in love with the idea of Kirk Cousins coming to Denver. But the closer we got to free agency, the more and more we saw his price tag beginning to balloon all the way up until the point where we heard that he wanted a fully guaranteed contract. And that's essentially what he got. Uh, He ended up signing with the Minnesota Vikings three years, 90 something million guaranteed, and it's all guaranteed. And John Elway, the Broncos, obviously they strongly considered Kirk Cousins Um, They did not, from what we've been told, this is a little scoop for you. Um, I guess it's been reported publicly, so it doesn't matter. But the Broncos did not officially make an offer to Kirk Cousins. Now, that doesn't mean they weren't in contact with the Kirk Cousins camp. That doesn't mean they were not negotiating with the Kirk Cousins camp or putting feelers out, finding out what it was going to take, seeing if they could schedule maybe a visit, whatever. Doesn't mean that didn't happen simply means that they never made a formal offer to Kirk Cousins because the Broncos read the tea leaves, heard what he was looking for, heard about some of his misgivings, which reportedly include concerns about the Broncos coaching staff, concerns about Vance Joseph being a lame duck head coach in Denver, and ultimately chose to take his talents to the land of 10,000 Lakes, Minnesota. So he goes there with Minnesota basically cutting loose All three of the quarterbacks that saw serious snaps for him over the last couple of years. And Sam Bradford's gone. He signed with the Arizona Cardinals, $20 million for one year. Teddy Bridgewater signed with the Jets on a decent deal for him as well. And then, of course, Case Keenum, who started the majority of the season after Sam Bradford went down in Game 2 and went 11-3 as a starter, won a playoff game. The Minnesota Vikings, from what I've heard, analyzed the situation, ultimately chose to go with Kirk Cousins, but they did agonize over Case Keenum. It wasn't just some cut and dry, oh, we believe that, you know, Kirk Cousins is this vastly superior option to Case Keenum. It was an agonizing decision for them. One in the hand being, you know, worth more than two in the bush type of thing, but they ultimately chose to go and buy into the hype and invest money in a quarterback who has yet to win a single playoff game, has been to the playoffs once, but he has those three consecutive seasons of eclipsing 4,000 yards passing. So he steps into a situation there where he's got a nice team around him. He's got the best defense he's ever played with. He's got some great pieces on offense, Kirk Cousins, 
But unfortunately for him, and I'm sure he considered this, but he becomes essentially the third best quarterback in the NFC North behind Aaron Rodgers, who will be back next year for the Green Bay Packers, Matthew Stafford, of course, with the Detroit Lions. So his path to the playoffs just became exponentially more difficult than had he considered a deal with the Denver Broncos. But let me tell you something. You, if you've been reading my stuff on milehighhuddle.com, you've been listening to the podcast, I couldn't be happier. I did not want the Denver Broncos to pursue and sign Kirk Cousins. I didn't want John Elway to be that sucker at the table who sets the new QB market for quarterback money because this deal that he signs uh, with Minnesota is unprecedented. It's unprecedented. No, no player in NFL history, at least recent history, has been given a multi-year contract that is fully guaranteed front to back. Now, we'll see as more details on that contract come to light exactly how the guarantees are structured, and I'm sure the devil's in the details. But why would you want your Denver Broncos to be the one to take a risk on a quarterback that, granted, has three years of starting experience, but still has much, much to prove when it comes to being a viable top-five quarterback in the NFL? Now, he's being paid like the best player in NFL history, and clearly he is not. Meanwhile, the Denver Broncos immediately, I shouldn't say immediately, but it didn't take Denver long to shift their focus to Case Keenum and other options. They considered everybody. They considered everybody. Doesn't mean that they pursued everybody, but they considered all of the free agents on the market and ultimately chose Case Keenum. Now, when the initial news broke, I think it was uh, late Monday night that Case Keenum had basically agreed to terms anyway with the Broncos and planned on signing a deal with Denver when free agency officially opened on Wednesday. It was like an avalanche of negative feedback in Broncos country, whether it was on the Mile High Huddle Facebook page, Twitter, the boards. I wouldn't say it was 100%. I wouldn't say it was everybody. But the general feeling I got listening to Broncos country and the feedback and the initial reaction, the gut reaction was one of disappointment. And I understand that a lot of that had to do with people having their hearts set on Kirk Cousins and John Elway pulling out yet another two-minute drive, lubing yet another blockbuster deal that brings the most coveted quarterback to Denver. But in this case, the Denver Broncos chose the smarter path. And I wouldn't even necessarily say the more concerns were $36 million, which is paying him basically $18 million per year. It's more short-term than the one that Kirk Cousins signed, albeit by just a single season, with a smorgasbord of options, not only in free agency, but in the draft. It also leaves them with, just to use round numbers, well, I'll just say at least $10 million they saved by going with Case Keenum, who on paper is at worst comparable to the quarterback. So they saved themselves a cool $10 million going with a quarterback as good, if not better, than Kirk Cousins, which is going to give them more freedom and free agency and also gives them a minute. But on Tuesday, our very own Bob Morris at Mile High Huddle published a phenomenal piece. Uh, It's long, it's a deep dive, but it's basically breaking down the Case Keenum signing, who he is, what he did last year, was he a one-year wonder, and if he was, you know, that, that season in Minnesota, how good was it? How can we project that forward to the Denver Broncos and the supporting cast he's going to have in Denver? And I just want to read to you a, a couple of excerpts from Bob's piece because I think it gives great perspective and 
on this situation and also just bolster, bolsters the notion that the Denver Broncos, John Elway, Gary Kubiak, obviously this, is, this had a lot to do with the Kubiak-Keenum connection, made the right decision. Let me quote from Bob. Quote, The first thing we have to remember about Keenum is that he wasn't just coming off a good season. He was coming off a strong season. Per Football Outsiders, Keenum posted a DYAR of 1,298 ranking him fourth out of 35 quarterbacks who had at least 200 passing attempts. Only Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, and Drew Brees ranked higher than Keenum. Perhaps Carson Wentz would have ranked higher had his season not been cut short because of a torn ACL. Wentz finished at 1,061 DYAR for eighth overall, but it's still an impressive run by Keenum. Football Outsiders DYAR represents the total value a quarterback has, But if you prefer DVOA, which represents a quarterback's total value per play, Keenum was still incredible with a 28.2% DVOA rating, ranking him first overall among those 35 quarterbacks with at least 200 pass attempts. First overall, Keenum may not be elite, and he certainly didn't play well the year before for the Rams. But a quarterback doesn't get to be top five in advanced analytics simply by being carried by his teammates or being coached up. The quarterback himself has to get better as a passer in order to reach such heights. Closed quote. Think about that. The Denver Broncos essentially saved themselves 10 million bucks and went with a quarterback who, from an advanced analytics perspective, was clearly a superior option to Kirk Cousins. So for those of you who are still feeling a little bit down about Case Keenum, I'm telling you right now, it was the best overall decision for the Broncos if they had their hearts set on finding an immediate starter in free agency. It was a better option than A.J. McCarron. It's a better option than Kirk Cousins, better option than Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, Mike Glennon, you name it, okay? Now, one thing to keep in mind with the signing of, of Case Keenum, what the Broncos are getting is not only a quarterback who has arm talent and then some. He might not have the strongest arm, but he's got arm talent, escapability, toughness. He is a leader, and he is a guy who's going to step into the Denver Broncos locker room and immediately raise all ships. Okay, the Broncos are trying to they're trying to evolve their culture. They need a new locker room culture. They need a new team culture. The expectations remain the same. The Denver Broncos lace them up every Sunday and play the 16-game regular seasons uh, because they want to win Super Bowls. That's still the expectation, Super Bowl or bust. Might not necessarily be right in the moment right now, expectation to go to the Super Bowl in 2018 or 2019, but at an organizational level from 10,000 feet and in the fan base as well, obviously the expectation is to win world championships. Now, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's not going to happen overnight, but signing Case Keenum, is the first step in that direction. And again, it just gives Denver a multitude of options, both in free agency and what to do with the draft. Was it good? Was it bad for the Broncos? I'm telling you right now, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal decision and a great deal, protects the team financially, leaves them room to navigate and negotiate in free agency. Phenomenal move. I'll save my overall grade for Case Keenum and, and everybody, all the other moves that have been made for later on in the show. But I keep getting the question from members, from subscribers, will Denver still use the fifth pick on a quarterback? Is that the plan? Was it was the plan to sign Case Keenum and then still go to the draft and, and grab somebody high? 
what's the plan there? But that's one of the things that makes this deal, the Case Keenum signing, so great for the Denver Broncos. It gives them so many options. Are they still going to use that pick on a quarterback? Right now, I would tell you this. I would tell you that, you know, they were on Wednesday. They had the largest contingent at Baker Mayfield of Oklahoma's Pro Day down in Norman, Oklahoma. The Denver Broncos had the largest pro contingent there to watch Baker Mayfield throw the ball around, run around, do his thing. So that either means they're putting up a smoke screen and want teams who are farther down in the first round to think they're still interested in, in going up and getting a quarterback so that they can be a more attractive option as a, as a trade partner. Or it sincerely means that they really like Baker Mayfield after getting such an up-close and personal look at him in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. My personal take right now is if I had to bet money on it, my gut tells me that the Broncos do not use that fifth overall pick on a quarterback, but instead take the best player available, whether that's Quentin Nelson, the guard from Notre Dame, whether you know they hit the lottery and are the luckiest team in the NFL and have Saquon Barkley fall to them at pick five, or... There's, there's other options like Bradley Chubb, Minka Fitzpatrick, the safety. The Denver Broncos now have pick of the litter, basically, because they can either get that quarterback, have him sit behind Keenum for at least one year, or they can go BPA, take the best guy on the board, and draft another developmental quarterback later, even if it's in the second round, going for someone like Kyle Laletta from Richmond, Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State, Mike White from Western Kentucky, they can wait and get someone to come in and compete with Chad Kelly, possibly Paxton Lynch, although I still remain confident that come OTAs, Paxton Lynch is not going to be on this roster. Might not happen till draft day, but I really do expect the Denver Broncos to trade Paxton Lynch away, even if it's for just a song and some supper, honestly, because they need a fresh start. If you're talking about rebuilding the culture, starting from scratch, they need to get rid of those bad vibes, those bad quarterback vibes from the last couple years. And Chad Kelly had nothing to do with that. Chad Kelly did not contribute in any way to the vagaries of the quarterback situation in Denver in 2016 or 2017. So Chad Kelly will be a factor in terms of competing for a backup role. He's obviously not going to be the starter unless there's some kind of a freak injury to Case Keenum. But... The Broncos now have the option to do whatever they want at the top of the draft, including trading back with a quarterback-desperate team. Could be a team like Arizona, who knows that they are living on borrowed time with both Sam Bradford and Mike Glennon. They might be a team who could be interested in trading up. You've got Buffalo, who, even though they signed A.J. McCarron, they orchestrated that trade with the Bengals to get up to uh, pick 12. So they now have two first-round picks that they could package to move up and get their guy who they think could use a year or two because A.J. McCarron only signed a two-year deal with the Bills. So they could go after a Josh Allen who might need some time. They could go after a Sam Darnold who, although he might end up being the best quarterback in this class, clearly is going to need at least a year to sit. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But for those of you wondering what does this mean for the top of the draft for the Broncos, all bets are off. Again, my analysis, my if I had to bet on it today, I would guess that the Denver Broncos do not pick a quarterback in the top five. And if I had to bet on it, I would guess that if they don't take the <clears throat> the best player available, they're going to trade back. So 
Case Keenum, we'll grade that uh, signing here in just a few minutes. But overall, very positive. Uh, I was very happy. I was clapping for the Broncos when the, the news came across the wire that Case Keenum was the decision. All right, moving on. The Broncos also executed a trade on the first day of free agency, dealing quarterback Trevor Simeon and a 2018 seventh-round pick to the Minnesota Vikings in exchange for a 2019 sixth-round pick. So all of that bad quarterback juju that Trevor Simeon had in Denver, gone, washed away. Case Keenum gets to step into the locker room with a clean slate, no power struggle, no loyalties here, no loyalties there. It's all it's going to be 100% about Case Keenum, Trevor Simeon taking his talents to Minnesota where he will presumably back up Kirk Cousins and serve as yet another type mentor type anyway for Kyle Sloter who was initially signed as a college free agent uh, free agent out of Northern Colorado by the Broncos last year before being cut right at the doorstep of the regular season in which he was claimed by the Vikings and has since stayed on long-term. So Trevor Simeon dealt, obviously, this was a tremendous move and a no-brainer for the Broncos. He was in his contract year, all that bad history. And granted, it wasn't it wasn't the worst. I mean, Trevor Simeon, the Broncos invested a seventh-round pick on a guy who was expected to be a career backup in Denver behind Brock Osweiler. And after Super Bowl 50... Obviously, Peyton Manning retired. Brock Osweiler defected for Houston. Suddenly, the way the road to to starting for Trevor Simeon opened wide. And even though the Broncos selected Paxton Lynch in the first round that spring, Trevor Simeon, when the rubber met the road and it was time to play football and practice the plays and execute, clearly rose above the fray and was Denver's best option, at least in 2016. 2017, I remain adamant that the Broncos, they uh, missed the boat in an egregious way and allowed Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch to battle it out in yet another open competition. It should never have been an open competition, first and foremost. I understand sitting in his first year, Paxton Lynch, and I understand that by the time the Broncos got to preseason football in August, Paxton Lynch had done quite a bit to give them their doubts that he was the quarterback that gave him the best chance to win now. I get all that. But they completely overlooked the long-term ramifications of choosing to go with Trevor Simeon instead of their first-round quarterback. The Broncos ended up going 5-11. and And even though Paxton Lynch saw two starts, saw a little bit of action, truly they think they know what they have in Paxton Lynch at this point, hence them being aggressive and going out and finding a starting quarterback who can step in right away. The Broncos think they know what they have in Paxton Lynch, but ultimately because of the way they handled the quarterback situation, especially in 2017. Now, I understand the pressures Vance Joseph had as a first-year head coach to win now, but because they handled it that way, they think they know what they have in Paxton, but they truly don't know for certain. They don't know because he hasn't had enough time on task. He hasn't had the opportunity to play in enough games with enough live bullets flying and real reps, real speed of the game. He hasn't even had time to acclimate to real live game action on a consistent basis. So for all we know, for all we know, and I have my doubts, granted, but for all we know, Paxton Lynch could get traded, he could get cut, and wherever he ends up next at some point could go on to have himself a career in the NFL, and the Broncos will always wonder why that couldn't have been them. Well, now we know. 
But Trevor Simeon, you know what? He played his role, and ultimately he did what he had to do for himself, for his career. He has a winning record as a starter, which many of these free agents on the open market do not have. They cannot say just like Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is sub-500. Trevor Simeon, albeit by two games, is above 500 as a starter in the NFL. So if he proved anything in his three years in Denver, it's that hard work, dedication, football smarts, beats talent each and every day of the week. So happy trails to Trevor Simeon. He gets a fresh start in Minnesota. We wish him the absolute best. Now the Broncos also signed cornerback Tremaine Brock to a one-year deal. He's 29 years old. He's a journeyman. He's played in Seattle. He's played in San Francisco. He's played in Minnesota. He's bounced around a little bit, but he's also played in some really big games. And again, he might be a journeyman, but he's going to come in and immediately battle for that third cornerback spot to play on defense. Starters caliber snaps alongside Bradley Roby and Chris Harris Jr., because obviously Aqib Tlaib, I guess we haven't really talked about that on the podcast here. I haven't anyway. Uh, dealt to the Los Angeles Rams. So big, big opening there for the Broncos to find someone. Obviously, they would hope that their third-round pick from last year, Brendan Langley, could contribute to that. He'll certainly get a chance to compete. But the Broncos are not resting on their laurels. They're hedging their bets by signing Tremaine Brock. They're also not done pursuing corners. They're going to bring some guys in for a visit. They're going to still look to solidify and bolster the cornerback position in that third spot. So Tremaine Brock brought in journeyman, veteran, knows the drill. It'll be interesting to see him compete with the Broncos. And then the Broncos re-signed Todd Davis, inside linebacker, to a three-year, $15 million extension with $6 million of that deal guaranteed. Now, Todd Davis, he's he's not... uh, you know, a sexy player in terms of the headlines and fan interest. But he's a valuable player nonetheless. Against the run, he is one of the top 15 linebackers in the NFL. He's a beast when it comes to, you know, defending the run, pursuing, sifting through the muss inside the box and getting to the getting to the ball. So Todd Davis, after two years of starting next to Brandon Marshall, the Broncos get to keep their starting inside linebacker duo. However, they had some departures. They lost Corey Nelson first before they ultimately uh, chose to re-sign Todd Davis, who actually had quite a strong market in the NFL. Teams were interested in Todd Davis, which is why the Broncos ultimately upped the ante and chose to re-sign him. But before that happened, Corey Nelson, a 2014 seventh-round pick, defected, signed a one-year deal with Philadelphia. So that put more urgency on the Broncos to re-sign Todd Davis. And obviously they need to have some formidable options behind Marshall and Davis because you never know. The injury bug, Marshall's been injured quite a bit. Todd Davis hasn't been 100% healthy in his pro career. And behind those two guys, you've got now Zaire Anderson and a few futures type of guys. So look for them, I would imagine, to to sign a guy possibly in free agency. And if not, really focus on some off-ball linebackers in this year's draft. And we'll be getting into all of that as we get closer to the draft here on the Huddle Up podcast, and especially the draft-focused episodes with Nick and Carl. Also, the Broncos lost when we're talking about departures. Virgil Green, tight end, signed with the Los Angeles Chargers on a multi-year deal. Now, of course, Virgil, we love him. I mean, he's a guy that did work in the trenches for the Broncos, blocked for 2,000-yard rushers in his time in Denver, actually three 
Willis McGahee in 2011, Noshawn Moreno 2013, and then, of course, C.J. Anderson this past season. Part of John Elway's maiden draft class of 2011, seventh-round pick, when his original contract expired at the end of 2014, the Broncos re-signed him, brought him back to Denver, even though there was some interest uh, from Chicago with John Fox, who had just left to go there. Broncos brought him back, hoping that he could find a way to become more involved in the passing game with Peyton Manning, and just, it's never come to fruition. It's never come to fruition, but props to Virgil Green. He helped the Denver Broncos win a Super Bowl, and he played out two contracts in the orange and blue, so we wish him the best, even though he's going to the Chargers. I wish Virgil Green the best, and when he talked about this during the offseason at the Super Bowl, in fact, that when his time as a tight end might be up, when he lose some of that, uh, loses some of that explosion and athletic twitch, he thinks that he can abandon tight end and become a left tackle and, according to the best left tackle in the game. Now, obviously, he'd have to put on some weight in order to do that, but crazier than being one of them. So who knows? We'll see how, what the future holds for Virgil Green. He's gone. He's no longer a Bronco. Remains in the AFC tackle. Donald Stevenson, which is no true loss for those of us who are Super Bowl 50, brought in. And basically since then, he's been among that trio, maybe four guys, that served as a turnstile for opposing edge rushers to the quarterback. I mean, he just, when he was healthy, he was pretty consistently a liability on the field. And he also, of course, struggled a lot with the injury bug. So Donald Stevenson, catch you on the flip-flop. He's gone. And we still have a couple more things I want to get to here today. But before we do, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Audible. Listen up, you guys. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash huddle up. There's over 180,000 different titles to choose from for your iPhone, your Android, Kindle, or just an old MP3 player. audibletrial.com slash huddle up. I'm a huge reader. And... With how busy I get covering this team, I don't always have time to sit down and turn the pages on the books that I want to read. But Audible allows me to get those books under my belt while I'm doing other things. I can be at the gym, I can be in the yard, I can be in the kitchen, whatever it might be. Listening to these books, which are always done very well, produced very well, good voice actors and narrators, and still get them them done, get them read, basically. I still read real books, you know, turn the pages when I have the time. But some of the best books I've read over the last four years have come through the Audible app, and it's just phenomenal. And obviously, it's a great way for you as a listener to patronize our sponsors and support the show, help keep this thing going, because we invest a ton of time into these episodes, uh, whether it's writing the episode, recording the episode, editing, publishing it. So patronizing our sponsors allows us to continue to do that. So take some time. If you haven't done it yet, go over to Audible. It's free for 30 days. You get a free book. Try it out. If it's for you, you'll continue to stick with it, and you'll love it, and you'll come back, and you'll thank me for it. You try that 30 days. It's not for you. Okay, so be it. You cancel. You can. That's up to you. But it's a free 30-day trial and a free book. So capitalize on that. You guys support the show. Go to audibletrial.com slash huddle up. And jump in with both feet. All right, before we get out of here, I want to kind of grade what has happened so far, at least the acquisitions and the trade for the Denver Broncos. And it might not come as much of a surprise, considering what I said at the top of the show, but when it comes to the Case Keenum signing, I'm giving it a straight A. Not an A+, but an A. 
if we were talking about signing Drew Brees, that'd be an A+. plus. But because it was Case Keenum and the value that the team got and the way they protected themselves financially in the, in the details of the contract and the options it's going to continue to give them in free agency and in the draft and the caliber and quality of player they're getting in Case Keenum, I can't do anything less than an A for the Denver Broncos. Kudos, congratulations to them. Fans, right now, you might still be licking your wounds a little bit, still a little bit salty over not getting Kirk Cousins, but I'm telling you right now, two, three years down the road, this free agent class is going to be judged, and when that happens, Case Keenum is going to be the the one who shines above what Kirk Cousins is able to get done in Minnesota. Tremaine Brock, the cornerback signing, B minus. I'll give it a B minus. Not perfect because he's not a great player, but it's solid value from what I've heard. Uh, something like three, four million a year, if I recall what I've been told. And the Broncos get a, cor- a corner who can step in. Has seen a lot of live bullets. He's had a lot of time on task. He's playing in some big games with the Niners, so that'll be an asset. And at the very least, is going to provide some veteran depth and some some experienced competition to line up next to Bradley Roby and Chris Harris Jr. So I gave the Tremaine Brock signing a B minus. And then lastly, the trade, Trevor Simeon, I'll give it an A minus. The only reason it's not getting either a straight A or an A plus is that the Broncos, obviously they invested a seventh round pick in Simeon in 2015. And the terms of the deal with Minnesota, they the Denver Broncos gave up Simeon and a 2018 seventh round pick so they gave up the seventh-round pick they invested in Simeon. But they're getting back a slight increase, a slight improvement, a slight return on that investment by next year getting a sixth-round pick in 2019. So even though they, they converted a seventh-round pick into a sixth-round pick, they also had to give up the player. So for that, I give them an A-. minus. It would have been great if they could have gotten a fifth-round pick straight up for him. But obviously the trade market for Trevor Simeon, even though there were multiple suitors, there were other teams interested beyond the Minnesota Vikings. The Broncos, well, you know what? I don't know this. I haven't been told this by a source. I'll be, I'll be straight up. I would guess that for his labors, for his contributions during a very tumultuous time for the Broncos as an organization, losing a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback and having to step into those shoes and into the shadow of Peyton Manning and into a fan base whose expectations were still so Super Bowl high, basically. For everything that Simeon did, even though it wasn't always pretty, the Broncos probably gave him a big say in where he was going in this trade. And I would guess that they had a couple, two, three offers on the table and ultimately said, which one do you want? And Simeon, they share, he shares an agent with Kirk Cousins, Mike McCartney. He probably just felt that was the best for him, and so the Broncos pulled the trigger. So maybe they did. I'll, I'll, I'll investigate it, and if I find out they did have some better offers on the table, I'll report so on milehighhuddle.com for the VIPs. Maybe they did have a better offer, but uh, ultimately chose to take a step back in terms of what they could get in return for Simeon in order to keep him happy as kind of a so-long farewell thank you for his contributions to Denver Broncos canon. But that's it for today, you guys. You can find me, Chad Jensen, on Twitter, at Chad N. Jensen. Whether it's myself, Nick, Carl, Eric, Khalid, tweet us your questions. We're going to always try to address your concerns on the show as often as we can. Usually I like to set aside at least a few minutes for a mailbag at the end of each episode. 
But uh, so much to talk about today and so little time. I got other things I got to work on with the site, covering news, analysis, managing the boards that didn't have time to get to that today. So next time, next time. So tweet us your questions. We'll try to get to that in the next few days. But as always, make sure you're subscribing, y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Mile high huddle.